This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a miracle. I know. We have any holidays. There's a little bit of sickness in my house, but yeah. it's not too bad. Same here. We had a little small outbreak of the flu, but mm-hmm. we was able to get it under control. Did you get that syphilis to care of? No. Oh, oh. I he's mean, still, how do I still answer got it. that? <laughs> how, how does somebody There's no way really you can answer. answer that? There's no way you can answer that. Back to the music. Do you want to redo it? <laughs> Back joking. to the music. Okay. This week, we have somebody who not only has their own podcast, who not only owns something of Eric Church's that a lot of people do not own, who is also a die-hard fan. Every single thing that you want to know about Eric Church, you're going to hear on this podcast. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Eric Church. I know some of his music, but I'm looking forward to... Uh, seeing what I can find out from somebody who actually knows. All right, here we go, everybody. Turn up the volume. Fifteen seconds of fame. This week, our fifteen seconds of fame goes to Mr. Jesse Crane from Barron County, Kentucky. During the day, he is a construction worker slash general contractor. His musical influences are Keith Whitley, Waylon Jennings, Merle Haggard, Allison Chain, and pretty much any country artist in Kentucky who writes and sings. There is nothing that brings me more joy than seeing people from uh, you know the area that I'm from shine. So I'm extremely happy to have somebody local that's out there, you know, working. You know, he's working his ass off because he has this dream, and I'll support him every right. day of the week. And he also says that the best music comes from a person and their guitar trying to tell a story that needs to be told. Yeah. So let's quit talking and play some Jesse Crunch. That's Jesse Crane. You can find him anywhere on social media. He quotes that the struggle between balance of doing what you got to do to eat and doing what you love draws the energy to make the music that he makes. What'd you think, Jordan? Well, it was excellent. Uh, I think. If he keeps it up, one of these days he's liable to get a deal. And uh, I hope he remembers us small people giving him a little bit of shine at that, you know, before it all started. Here we go with another Jesse Crane song. Light 
My name's Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And we are the Country Music Critic. What a Christmas gift this is, Jordan. Do you know who we have with us? Yeah, and he's already unwrapped, ladies and gentlemen. He's ready to go. Yes, he is. Here's Aaron Shriver. What's up, y'all? How you guys doing tonight? <laughs> so, Aaron has a podcast, which is phenomenal right now, Gaining Fast on Memphis. Could you tell us a little bit about it, Aaron? Man, it, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun podcast. So my wife and I are, are doing it together right now. Um, and we just, every week, it's just someone different. We, we focus around the music community, but sometimes we get off topic. I mean, we've had an astronaut on, I've had Tommy Chong on, I've had some random, random people on just for the fun of it. It's whoever I want to talk to, but our focus is singer songwriters and just tell them their journey, their, their story. We always say connecting melodies with memories, and we always—that's one of my favorite things. It's one of the things that built me as an Eric Church fan because he always talks about that. And you always have that one song or a few songs that the minute you hear it takes you back, it takes you somewhere. And I want to capture that, and I also want to capture your journey at the same time. So at the end of every episode, I started recently. It's kind of fun. I pick four songs, and I pick ten seconds from each song, and I always look to see when my guest was like in high school maybe when they got married, like I'll see different parts of their lives and I'll look up those years and I'll play the 10 seconds. And I'll be like your first mem memory that comes with that song. And some of them are pretty fun, dude. I'll, I'll dig deep on a few of them. <laughs> that is awesome. So and now Jordan, I'm not for sure if you know this, but gaining fast on Memphis is actually a line in one of Eric Church's songs off the first album. Correct. Yes, I, was, I was aware of that. I figured that out. When I went okay. back and listened to some of the songs, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people didn't catch that part, unless you are a true Eric Church fan. So, Jordan, um, you may be bigger than what you thought. Well, I've seen him in concert. I can't, I can't say that about a lot of country artists, but I have seen Eric Church in concert. Yeah. So, all right. So, Aaron, the first time that you heard an Eric Church song, where was you? What was you doing? And what was the song? <laughs> Oh, man, I don't know. Well, can, we, can we disclose anything on this podcast? <laughs> anything. I was uh, I was standing in line in South Haven, Mississippi, um, drinking moonshine that we just got out of someone's freezer. I was straight in a mason jar. I, I swore, I think I saw the guy that I went with, Quinn, put it in our gas tank before we left. I swear to God, I saw him. He could have, I'm sure. Dude, I swear. There's a, there's a picture of me, him and I in church right over my shoulder here. Good friend of mine, his name is Q. He was... Uh, him and I went everywhere um, just at first, but we got tickets to this Leonard Skinner show in South Haven, Mississippi on June 4th, 2006. Uh, I don't know why I remember that. I just always do. <laughs> and uh, while we're in line, Jay Saldine was opening up and he just released Hicktown. I think Hicktown was out on the radio for a week or two. And someone said, oh, there's a third op or another opener, someone named Church. And the one thing I know about third openers or a second opener is they always put them out there just to make the other guys sound better and then they always fuck up their sound i always hear i always hear that everywhere and um my uncle he he's a gm in west virginia he he told me that it was a kind of insider thing they always get a crappy opener and make you sound better 
Right. But I told the person in line next to me why they said that. I'm like, oh, he's probably just there just to make the rest sound better. He's probably going to be terrible. <laughs> That's what I said. And then the very first line, or the very first song was Before She Does. And we were talking about Smoke a little bit earlier. Uh, his old guitar player had Smoke. He would use a talk box like Peter Frampton does, one you put halfway down your throat and kind of control your guitar with. And I heard that intro, and then the first lyrics was, I believe that gas is too damn high. And I think in 2006, I had just moved to Mississippi from Chicago, and gas prices were up a little bit that summer. And I remember that. It just something clicked with me. And then every single thing he said in that song, I believe that dogs are better than cats, just a different song, or I'm like, damn, dude, this guy got into my life somehow. Like, how do you know about this? Right. And just every song I just kept on, I kept connecting to. And I'm like, damn, man, this guy, this guy is writing songs about my life. And then Sinners Like Me hit, and I was like, oh, shit. And I heard Sinners Like Me and Freebird on the same freaking day together. <laughs> wow. And on my arm, I have a Sinners Like Me tattoo here and a Freebird tattoo up here. <laughs> and it was just. Wow. The Freebird was way before the Sinners tattoo. It was just so weird how it all came together. And I was just like, dude, this, this guy gets me. And the entire way home, my buddy Q and I, we talked about church. We didn't talk about Aldine. We didn't talk about Skinner. We talked about, we didn't talk about that moonshine. We talked about church. <laughs> right. But that maybe it was the moonshine that got me all nice and bubbly. Right. Church come on. But I still remember because I don't have no pictures, man. I always wanted to have a picture from that show. And only thing I had was a disposable camera. I have a few photos from Skinner from that night, but I saw my ticket stub. And that's one thing I always remember. I kept ticket stubs. And for some reason, a couple of times after that, I started seeing this guy and I started just, I started a spreadsheet early on of every show I went to. And I think I'm up to like 170. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So, that, was so my, that was my hundredth behind me right here, that guitar. Yes. Yes. So, so, so Jordan, I have a question about that guitar. Is that a hummingbird? Yeah. So my hundredth show, he called oh, me on like stage. It. He played Sinners Like Me. And after he played that song, he called me on stage and gave me that guitar. It's a Gibson Hummingbird. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a sweet guitar, too. Appreciate it, man. Beautiful. So, like, song. did they give you a heads up that it was going to happen? It, so my dad and I, this is dude, everything that's happened. Like everybody always asks me if I ever get to talk to Eric and talk about like his career, get to interview him. I'm like, I want to be like 60 years old in like a casino somewhere and sit down with their church or something. Right. And just recap everything, dude, because like my life re we're just circled around this guy's career and ever since 2006. But it was Iowa. It was two weeks before I was getting married. And my dad and I, we had a meet and greet, went out to Iowa. It was the night he did uh, the Drink of My Hand video, but he did two nights at um, Council Bluffs, Iowa. And we went out there, and my wife got me these really nice snakeskin boots. They're actually down here on the wall. And uh, I'm like, I wanted to get them for my wedding. I'm like, I want to get church to sign these. I'm like, it'd be really cool to have them sign my wedding boots, you know? So we went over there, and I had them. I got, had them sign them for, during the meet and greet. And while I was in line, I noticed the lady in front of me was Lisa Dent from Chicago radio. I was like, dude, what are you doing out in council bluffs, Iowa? What are you doing all the way out here? She's like, same thing reason you're out here. See church. And it was cool because she's my local radio DJ. We know of each other. And I was like, yeah, do you know what I said? When church comes to Tinley in like three weeks, it's my hundredth show, my hundredth time seeing them. I didn't know the person she was talking to worked for Eric. And that's all I said. And that left well enough alone. Well, like a week later, after I got married, I got a letter or an email or a random email from his his uh, headquarters or whatever. And they said, hey, we overheard it was your hundredth show coming up. 
Eric wanted to do something really cool, but we want you to write a paragraph or write a page of why you're a fan. And it's nice. I wrote all this cool stuff down, whatever. And then when I got there, like I just had a meet and greet. Like they gave my parents a meet and greet. Like we weren't even gonna go to the show. Like, or I was I had tickets to go to the show. My parents were gonna go. But then when we got the meet and greets, my parents were like, Well, I guess we're gonna go now. <laughs> so yeah. and tickets. And um, so during the meet and greet, they put us in the last last end of the line and they said, just hang tight. And then Eric gives me his all access pass. He said, Hey, I heard us your hundredth show. We got something cool. Just when you hear electric worry hit, meet Marshall, which is this guy by this door, he'll take you up to stage. I was like, all right hell yeah <laughs> like this be right. pretty cool i got nervous i'm slamming jet double jack and cokes before i go on and they take me back and i think i'm gonna get to watch my hunter show from the stage i'm like this is cool i get to watch it from the side of the stage and about halfway through uh he was playing sinners like me i'm over here with my phone trying to record and just like taking in the moment dude like just so badass like i see my buddy tony in the front row i'm like pointing him out him out was like <laughs> like air bumping back and forth <laughs> it was cool shit and uh but eric's like i got this fan i was like oh shit he ain't gonna do this i'm like i am not just like twenty thousand or whatever i don't know how many people were there and uh he calls me on stage dude and it was just insane because i had no clue that was gonna happen like he was gonna do that and he called wow. me on stage and I, my dad like so his his guy marshall his kind of his right hand man told my dad is after eric's done playing centers hit record on your phone or on your camera just hit record so my dad has the only clip i've ever seen of it on youtube but he has the entire thing so and he got that on there but that's the only clip i've ever found of it or anything else and it was just crazy dude it was pretty damn cool (laughs) i mean that that's something that you know not a lot of people can say that they own you know it was really cool there's a picture i i I got it somewhere but it's of eric and i right after the show we're in some random hallway and i'm holding the guitar and he's there it was kind of like a promo picture because they tied it in with the drink in my hand fan video type thing. It was pretty cool because like the following Monday, I had all these radio stations calling me. I had like over 120 radio stations trying to contact me for interviews. And I only wow. did like four or five of them. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Like I was trying to like arrange my breaks at work with these radio, like these five second radio interviews or whatever I was doing. It was pretty cool though, because it went viral everywhere and but there was this one picture and it was taken. It was kind of like a candid shot, but Eric's telling me and showing me like every mark on the guitar. So there's one spot on the very top of the guitar, this big old burn on it. And if you remember, Eric used to walk out on stage with cigars in his mouth. Yeah. One night he said the cherry fell off and burned right through the lacquer on top of the guitar. There's a big old burn mark on there. And he's telling me about that burn mark. And then there's another picture. Um, I don't know if I had, I, I thought I had it on the wall, but if you ever see it, he's throwing the guitar and this guitar in the air and there's all these like metal industrial looking buildings behind him, And there's a crack in the guitar too. And he said, yeah, when we did that picture, that, that's when that crack happened. <laughs> he's telling me all about this different stuff. And I'm like, I could go back and watch like different award shows and look at like the pegs on there, on there, um, the tuning pegs at the bottom, like one's a different color. I could be like, dude, and he told me, he goes, that's the first hummingbird I ever owned. I was like, he goes, I played probably over a hundred shows with it. Like at the time I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, I was just wow. like shocked, dude, of all the things he was telling me about it. So, so, so now, was, who, who is that wheeled to? <laughs> Which kid? <laughs> before you're going to pass had, that down to? Before I had kids, I told my wife, I want to be buried with it. And wow. now, okay. yeah, that's what I told her at first. I said, I want to be buried with it. But now I said, we'll, we'll see what happens too. I, I definitely want, want him to keep it alive and keep it going. And 
we'll see what happens with it. Well, I don't know, man. So I think, I think you need to get it appraised and then you need to have insurance on it because if something okay. happens to that done and done, to be you don't want to the price, price they praised it at. But yes, that was one of the first things I did. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I have a, a lot of very smart a, decision. A lot of stuff in this basement, but a lot of stuff in my basement, I've told people like a lot of things like you see behind me and like on my wall and stuff are stuff that means stuff to me. It, right. it, stuff that maybe he wrote out my name on or some random stuff. Like I have a, a sticker that's a rascal flat sticker it's burnt in half <laughs> we we burn in line one day after he got kicked off the rascal flats tour don't ask me why we were young and stupid but right no but one of the coolest things uh one of the coolest stories that came out of that guitar is the night i got it um one of his guitar techs is named michael joe and when i was 14 15 years old, i was 15 my mom took me to see billy ray cyrus and that was like my first love my mom and i loved billy ray we'd follow him around everywhere his guitar player was Michael Joe. So his guitar player is now Eric Church's guitar tech. So the night that I got that guitar, the first person I saw was Eric Church's guitar tech to take the pack out of like the sound pack and everything out. And I looked him up at Michael Joe. I said, this is kind of fucking full circle, ain't it? Dude? Right. Went, yeah. <laughs> like it was really like making the hair of my arm stand up. Like it was this wild so I, there was like i think a picture of michael joe and i think that night too because and he's still eric's number one guy like if you go see eric out on the tour right now there'll be a, a gray-haired man bringing him guitars every night and that's billy ray's old guitar player <laughs> wow so now jordan tell me about the first time that you heard or you seen eric church um the first time i heard of him i mean it's been I know, it's been quite a few years i think i was just you know dating my now wife and um, she's a big fan of Eric Church. And like at the time, I wasn't listening to any you know, country music whatsoever. Like I was just all, I listened to a lot of you know, folk music. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, Mumford and Sons, you know, Luminaries, uh -huh. like stuff like that is what I really you know, was into at the time. And I still oh, am. How but, old are you? If you don't uh, mind 38. me asking. 38. All right. I'm 39. So yeah, we grew up in the same. We grew up in the 90s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> What'd you listen to in the 90s? Yeah, I listened to a lot of grunge, and <laughs> I listened to a lot of rap. Yeah, I was rocking a silver chair shirt yesterday. <laughs> oh, now you froze well, up. Uh, see, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Tomorrow, it's a great song. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. Yeah. How are I was you, a dude? huge grunge fan. So now, I'm 36, 36. Okay. I was born right. in 85, yeah. You're the baby of the group. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. It's not growing so since the fourth grade. Yeah, I know. I'm still the same height as I was in the fourth grade. <laughs> so, so anyway, so here's my first time here in our church. So the first time that I seen him in concert, my dad uh, got some tickets to go see. No, actually, I bought my dad for his uh, for Christmas some Bob Seger tickets, and our church was opening. Okay, so that was the first time that I seen him. Which shitty seats, but it was Who's Nashville. Oh, Nashville. Okay. It was in Nashville. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, but now the first time that I heard him, I had a buddy who already had kids. They were on a soccer field and I was meeting him there to support his kid. And in the car, he went out to uh, smoke a little bit of, you know, smoke. And uh, he's like, man, you got to hear this guy. And he put it in. And that was the first time that I heard before she does. Yeah. And at that moment, it's just like, wow. I mean, n nobody has ever wrote anything that close to connecting. You and I heard the first song. Nice. Same song. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Before she does, it's just, 
phenomenal in itself. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorites. So, here we go. We'll go ahead and get started with some facts. And then um, we will also, well, before we do that, if you go on YouTube and search Eric Church, and isn't isn't it the Tin Roof? <laughs> yeah, dude. You I think it's that show. Yeah, Tin Roof is definitely one of the ones. That was a fun one. Uh, Trevor has tons of video from that one, dude. That, that was one of my favorites. And it was cool because that shirt he's wearing, he's wearing a Jack Daniels shirt. And I gave it to him right before he went on stage. <laughs> and, and, and like in the shirt. video, you can see Aaron handing him up the uh, Jack <laughs> Daniels. And he drinks it like on stage. This place was so packed, Jordan, that, I mean, we were all hot as hell. It was and- sweaty as <laughs> what 250 people in a room that should be only 75 yeah it's at the it was crazy roof. yeah i know what you're talking about yeah uh, it, it was crazy so trevor uh i had met him through a kenny chesney lookalike years ago in nashville we become big buddies he started filming stuff before it was even cool to film stuff and him and aaron kind of took um y'all kind of you know become friends because of eric church right Trevor's dude. I had Trevor on the show too. He, he's, I heard that episode. It was dude, phenomenal. he came a far, long way. I love his story, dude. He's awesome. He's story. all the way at the top. He's working for Garth. He dated I mean, my wife's cousin back in the day, dude. That's how crazy that is. Yeah, dude. Back in Mississippi, wow. dude. <laughs> that <laughs> is crazy. Like, it was probably like a, a high school fling type thing or a college fling. It was probably like a two week thing or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> I would so, say I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> so like, we're in uh, the Tin Roof. He plays all of his songs, and uh. Trevor tells me, he says, look behind you. That's Jody Williams, one of the powerfulest people in Nashville at the time. And I said, Trevor, I'm going to talk to him. And he's like, do you know how many people talk to him? And I was like, I know, but I've got a line that I think will work. So I said, my name's Kevin Smith, even though I'm right on the show. It's Kevin Smith, officially. And I said, I'm willing to give you half of everything that I make for five years if you'll give me five minutes. And he did. <laughs> so which was crazy because he said i've never heard it said that away so <laughs> i went to his office like three weeks later played beat up trucks played all the songs that i wrote and he said man you just haven't lived enough to sell the song you know you haven't been through uh life the way that you should he said but keep on trucking of course that's when i met my wife we started having kids and that kind of got pushed to the back burner but yeah. that's the, that was the first time that i met jody williams which is uh eric's lead guitar it is he's the lead right driver well, williams yeah since ed left driver's kind of like the band lead now they, they all kind of do their own thing but driver's kind of taking over yeah taking the reins over so so, so that that was his his dad jordan that i met the lead guitar player's dad he was in the uh venue Which there just like, out of sun was po- co-owner of like bmi at one point yeah now he's he runs, a big powerful dude yeah he runs his own publishing company but dude yeah dude has things you want to hear a cool story if you haven't listened to my my podcast all the way through but if if you have with driver one of the coolest things and drivers talked about this before so it wasn't just my show it's been other shows back in the day Jody would put in cassettes in, in the car, like cassette tapes that people would drop off at for him to listen or whatever. And he would let Driver play Smash or Trash pretty much. 
And if driver thought it was shit, he would throw it out the window or whatever, <laughs> get rid of it. <laughs> Some of those 90 country hits that you were listening, little 14 year old or 13 year old driver Williams is picking them. Are picking them out. Right, so, right. That is awesome. He oh, probably he, he probably picked Chattahoochee. Yeah, dude, you never know. Do all these things like dude. right. Mike, I wonder yeah. what he passed on. No <laughs> So here we go with the the official the internet info on Mr. Kenneth Eric Church. He was born May 3rd, 1977. Now the number one song when he was born. That's my birthday. Was, oh really? Yeah. Is it really? It yeah. is. <laughs> May 3rd, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh shit. <laughs> so, so the number one That's song. Weird moments, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. So when he was born, the number one song was When I Need You. You guys remember that song? I don't. Who's it? it yeah, you've heard it. It's like a, I don't know who it's by, but it's like when I need you. It, it's like a. Yeah, who's it? I'm gonna have to look it up. Because I I know you guys have heard it. <clears throat> Here we go. This is a little clip of it. You seeing this is seventy seven. Yeah, 1977 is when it came out. So, like, up, I'll ask you a question. Uh, what is the uh, furthest you have traveled to go to a concert? Um, I gotta say the Gorge. So, for my birthday a couple of years ago, my wife and I we took like a week and a half long road trip, and we went from Chicago out to Washington. So um, the Gorge Amphitheater is in, uh, it's like right by George Washington or whatever, but I forgot how many hours it was, but we drove the whole thing. Um, other than that, yeah, I've, I've been in just in the States to see them. I've, I've had friends that's gone up to Canada and stuff, but that's probably been my farthest forever, but I'm always traveling for shows. Yeah, I love it. I, one thing I love is being on the road, like in road trips. Like mm-hmm. I don't fly. And I, I seldom fly. I mean, I've, I've flown a handful of times, but I don't like to. Like if someone says we're going to fly somewhere, like my wife's like, hey, in December next year, we want to go to Florida for a week. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the fam- family's going to fly out. This and that. I'm like, we're going to drive. We'll take a couple extra days and we'll drive down there. Cause I'm like, what they could fly in a day, we'll drive them to or whatever. Mm-hmm. And cause I'll put on my little app and have this like roadside app and we'll stop at random places, dude. Right. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's really cool. My parents and I, we just took a road trip up to, uh, well, I graduated uh, college finally, <laughs> finally, after 40 years now. Uh, I went to Southern New Hampshire University, so we drove from Chicago all the way up to New Hampshire, Maine, up in that area, up by Maine. We went to Nantucket for a night, New York City, but we went to, area. dude, man, we went to all these, like, random places. We did a hike in Vermont. We did some, like, covered bridges, and it, did, it was insane. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was cool. We went to Niagara Falls on the way up. And, it's gorgeous, yeah. And then we're going back to New York in May. We're, uh, we're taking the boys. I mean, they've been to a few arena shows, my kids. Mm-hmm. We're going to take them to their first arena uh, church show. We're going to go to Madison Square Garden. So oh, I'm wow. like, their first big church show is going to have to be Madison Square. <laughs> the Mecca. Yeah, so. I mean, my oldest, he's seen, he's seen Kiss, Queen. Uh, he doesn't know it yet, but he's going to see Imagine Dragons in March. <laughs> That's his Christmas present. But we, ha- we haven't had our Christmas yet. So. Ah, okay, okay. I was, uh, I was quarantined for Christmas. And then um, my youngest is seeing, I think he's seen Kiss. I forgot who else. But Kiss was our first concert, all three of ours. <laughs> wow. That's cool. That's really cool. All right. So here's the number one song, When Eric Church Was Born. 
Sounds like Sumi is off. I'm sure you guys have heard it once it starts. That's it. Yeah. That was the number one song when he was born. It, it oh, was. Wasn't a lot to pick from. Yeah. 1977. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad song. I think no. mine was uh I think mine was Jack and Diane by oh, John wow. Mellencamp. <laughs> you know, I, was... I actually sold John Mellencamp a pair of shoes. Hell yeah, dude. Really? Yeah, I was the store manager of a of a sports store in Indiana. I had to fill in in his hometown, which I'm trying to remember the name of it, uh, Seymour, mm-hmm. Seymour, Indiana, Seymour, Indiana. He w- you know, came in looking for some running shoes. So I sold the you know, Cougars some shoes. Wow. That was cool. Cool, dude. I saw him and really cool. Ogre together one night and that was, oh. those two together were just badass. but <laughs> yeah, Melon Camp, dude, that's, that's a legend right there, dude. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, let me, let me, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me, th- oh, let me go ahead. I, I, this popped in my head. I want to ask you guys a question. How do you guys feel about? I just saw someone else do this. Musicians selling their catalogs. You being a musician, Kev, how do you feel about that? Like you hear, like like the Beatles selling their catalogs and this and that, or I don't know who I just saw. ZZ Top. That's who I saw. ZZ Top just sold theirs. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, if you guys are just being music fans. I mean, me myself, I feel like that that would be the greatest gift to pass on. You know, down the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't get any better, better than that. I mean, of course, I'm sure uh, wasn't in like Bruce Springsteen. It was like $500 million. It was a crazy number. Yeah. But, well, you know, Dylan they're going to spend it. They're going to spend it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was, uh, it's crazy. Dude. I was thinking about that. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, what do you think, Jordan? I think, especially, you know, some artists, they look at their songs like they're you know, children. Essentially, it's a part of their DNA. Yeah. So when they're selling that, they're selling a, a part of themselves. Mm-hmm. And, I, well, I'll put like, if it was a song they didn't write, I don't I don't see any issue with it, you know, because it's like, yeah. it's not a part of them. But if it's a song that they wrote and that has affected their life in a way, then I don't know how they could do it yeah. and sleep at night. That would, like, I, I would feel like something was missing. So crazy, like, yeah. I mean, I could see, like, maybe if you don't have a legacy, or I mean, well, everybody has a legacy, but if you don't have like family to hand it down to, or it right. could stay in your estate, so to say, or whatever. But, or if you're going through a divorce, I could see getting rid of it before you know the wife gets it or the ex wife. These record companies are getting some good stuff, I bet. Yes, yeah, so I guarantee you that. So it's crazy. Sorry to get you guys. Derailed. Oh yeah, hey, this is just a conversation about Eric Church, so we're good, man. So <laughs> That's Eric um, never does that. I don't think he ever would, though. I don't I think he would. Country, I never heard anybody country doing that. Yeah. So Eric was born in uh, Granite Falls, North Carolina. Have you guys ever been to that area? I don't know what what side of the state that is. I think it's actually closer I'm, to us, actually. I've been on, yeah, I've probably been there. <laughs> I just yeah. don't know. I used to do IT work and I traveled all over the Eastern United States. So that was, I, I spent some time in you know, North Carolina a lot. So, yeah. 
so far, Eric has released seven albums with 27 singles. 2006, come out with Sinners Like Me. What was your favorite song off that album, Aaron? If you had to pick one off of Sinners Like Me. If I got, I mean, I have to go with Sinners, dude. That song's like a staple in my life, dude. Like, on my arm, like I said, Freebird, that song. I mean, those songs just are just staples, dude. Just like my, think of like, some of my favorite songs are probably the top two of my life. And um, Can't Take It With You was really good because that's where I got the game fast on Memphis line. <laughs> so, right. I love that one, but still, as Sinners, I mean, everyone held such a different aspect of it and a different memory, but Sinners for sure. <laughs> so now, like with Jordan, he kind of cares for the newer sound, correct, Jordan, than the older sound? Uh, that's not necessarily you know, true. I, I don't know. I feel like, especially anywhere in country today, everybody talks about the same things. Yeah. <laughs> like they all yeah. talk about the same tailgate course. beer, yeah. high school sweetheart. Uh-huh. I, you guys, you guys get a little old. Yeah. Dogs, yeah, so, trucks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> and no offense, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Beat up trucks, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say beat up trucks. I just said trucks. There we go. (laughs) That was a fun time. Wow. Oh yeah, dude. I can't believe it's been that long ago. It was it was around that time. 2007, at least, yeah. Yeah. So then in uh 2008, 2008-ish, uh, we had Carolina. What did you think of that album? It's underrated, dude. Like it's the Kip War of country music, <laughs> or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's just—it's such an underrated album. I feel like it gets overlooked in the set list a lot now these days. Like a lot of the songs are barely played. I mean, Carolina for sure is always gonna be a staple, but there's so many good songs on there. Oh um, yeah, just those I love along the way. Those, mm-hmm. you know, there. Trevor actually uh, filmed him playing that on the back of his pickup truck. I believe you were there. They were planting yeah. trees, right? Yeah, and, he, yeah, Trevor has a bunch of those, and I had a few from the Chicago one. I think one of my Chicago ones is actually close to either over a million or right over a million views on it. It's pretty crazy. Wow. Just yeah. Uh, around that time was the time that uh, I went on his website on how to contact, how to book him. And, of course, back then it was a little bit easier to do than it is yeah. now. And I seen his road manager's email. So I sent him an email, and it come back. This time? And, uh, yeah, it may have been. But I was like, uh, hey, we're going to be in Louisville. Been a fan since day one. Is there any possible way that I could propose to my wife? This was like two months beforehand. Of course, he didn't say yes or no until like six hours before the show. <laughs> but I was ready. Either way, had the ring picked out and everything. So <laughs> He says it's a go. We go backstage, and she's like, what's going on? I was like, oh, it's nothing. We're just going to be the first to uh, get a picture with him when he comes off stage. Well, uh, I had actually worked up uh, my my proposal with all of the song titles in it, and it's on YouTube, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. Eric Church and Kevin Smith, if you type those two together. But I used uh, all of the lines uh, up until that point. Uh, to propose and I'll forever be grateful to Eric for that. I mean, phenomenal, you know, Dude, that was amazing. I remember that. That's like when we reconnected over this, like 
when you first asked me to be on here, I like I don't know why like the two two didn't connect. And when we were talking the last time, I'm like, oh shit, I remember I know who I know this guy. <laughs> yeah. like, Dude, what the hell? It's it's been so long and right. Dude, that was so cool though, man. I remember that I wasn't there that night, but I remember like the next day seeing you posting about it, seeing it on YouTube because back then YouTube was our go-to, man. We didn't have a lot of so I mean we had MySpace, but not many people were posting links on MySpace or whatever. It was popping yeah. up on YouTube and stuff. Oh, we were probably MySpace friends for a while. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's like, I got to give credit to Jordan because never in my life did I think that we would be on a podcast. I mean, (laughs) me and Jordan was actually landscapers at uh, Jellystone Park here in Cape City, Kentucky. And he's like, man, have you ever listened to Joe Rogan? And I was like, you know how much I love listening to music? Why would I listen to somebody talk? (laughs) And here we are. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, I love it, man. Yeah, my mine for me, I started the show just I was going through some stuff, man. I was I was at a job that I did not want to be at no more. And uh I was weighing almost 300 pounds. Like I was I think I was like 285 or 290. I was miserable. Dude. I was depressed. I was miserable. And I, I was just going through some stuff, some mental stuff. And I started to see the doctor and I just started changing things around, man. I quit drinking. So my wife looked at me one night and she's like, I sorry, man. After I, I finally left that job, I kind of did some things where I could get them to kind of cut me loose and give me a nice little severance. And I got out of that job and I started smoking again. I picked up the green again. And she looked at me one night and she's like, I'd rather you high than drunk. I'm like, dude, I'd rather myself high than drunk. Right. Last, day ever, last day I ever drank. I just hit two years about two weeks ago. Congrats, so, man. Congratulations. I now, oh, now that I, I'm currently going through a being positive for covid um as of like four days ago i uh lost 10 pounds so i'm down to 185 now so i went from 300 pounds oh. to 185 um just from quit drinking and changed Congrats. 180 everything dude but that's awesome congratulations to, appreciate that dude uh, yeah it is i had to do man and so they told me while i was doing that when i first started it, they're like just, just do a podcast do something like to kind of get your mind off of it and like right. it was kind of funny the first like I mean, halfway through the first season is when i was still drinking and i'll go back and listen to some of those old episodes i'm just like rambling and slurring <laughs> yeah <was> like, damn <laughs> so yeah. it's a lot better life man and then it led me to a new job that i'm working at a dispensary in illinois and i'm loving it my every aspect of it so that's that awesome. awesome that's, that's like awesome. A, the the first episode that we done Somebody said, uh, well, it sounds like Kevin's drink or well, Ryan's drinking. And I was like, man, no, that's just my southern drawl, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. It, it is. It's when I listen to it, it's like, oh shit, I do sound like I could be drinking, <laughs> well, you know? Man, it's like me. I've, you know, stuttered my entire life. Like, mm. it, it's been really bad. Like, I was in like, you know, clubs and stuff, and I would have to give speeches, and I could not even make it through it because I stutter so bad. But, I don't know, for some reason, if it's something that I care about, I don't really stutter as much. Like, sometimes when I have to say, like, a city name or something like that, I still, you know. But for the most part, I don't when I'm on the podcast very much. Yeah, I do a little sometimes, but it's not near what it is in everyday life, which is just weird. And I'll I'll mumble. I'll mumble. And then when I get drunk, or I used to get (laughs) drunk, you put those two together, I'd have a language all its own. (laughs) Wow. So now I heard on one of your podcasts that even though you don't drink, you still buy a drink and give it away at a show. 
Is so that like, correct? If, if I go to if I go to shows now, like I'm just getting a water. If like my wife's with me, we'll get like she'll get a coke. I don't drink too much soda anymore. I'll try, I just try to, I don't know, especially if I'm out somewhere, just drink a water every now and then. But I like tipping, dude. I I like always leaving a tip. And normally, if you're just getting a water or soda, they don't ever charge you. And I'm like, dude, charge me for something so I could actually mm-hmm. get it. So now I'll, I'll go buy a drink and I'll I'll give it either. If I know the person's on stage, I'll buy them a shot and take it up there. If I see somebody I know in the crowd, be like, hey, let me buy you a beer. And I'll just open up a tab, and that's the only thing that they'll put on the tab the entire night. And then when I close out, I'll just leave like a ten dollar, twelve dollar tip, depending on how many waters or coats right. whatever I got. So because they do, like I always go to this one bar in Chicago, Joe's, and they never charge me for coke or water. I was like, dude. <laughs> so yeah, I'll still buy a shot from somebody this and that. Like I'm not, I don't like, I'm not forcing it. I'm like, hey, like I used to. I, I remember one night, uh, I got a buddy Frazy. He'll love this. We were drinking out in Tennessee one night, and he was so drunk and he hates tequila and he won't touch it, but we had Patron out and we'd all take a round of shots, but I'd hurry up and pour up another shot. I'd pour it right next to his cup. I'm like, dude, I'd slap him. I'm like, dude, take your shot already. He goes, I just did. I'm like, no, you didn't, man. And he wouldn't realize that he did just take a shot. He would take it again. <laughs> so he was taking double every time we take one. <laughs> and dude, that was a fun night. <laughs> now, now, when you speak of Joe's now, Correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't every major country artist played there at least once in their career? Yeah, if you've anybody, you've probably came through Joe's at least once, not twice. I remember seeing church there with 10 people. Like, there, you couldn't pay people to go see Eric Church at Joe's Bar the first time I saw him. I remember like, those days. It was just insane, dude. And, like, you couldn't hear him talk between songs because people would just be talking over him and shit. Like, they wouldn't be paying attention to him, so... Um, it's really cool because like now, like now that I'm doing more of the media aspect of things, I could see shows from a different aspect there and seeing it. And honestly, what Ed does there is one of the coolest things in the world. And it just major brains behind that bar and who he books. I mean, Garth has played there when he did his dive bar. I think he kicked off his dive bar tour there. Yeah. So but it's one of the best bars that you could ever go through. Um, just heads up now, though, if you're coming through that way and you're uh, not familiar with it, they're going full vaccine in January, I think it is. So that kind of kind of throws a damper in a lot of things, I feel. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's also how I found out that I have COVID right now, because I scheduled <laughs> my vaccine last week and on my way to get my vaccine. I like oh, I'm going to grab a test because my I have a little bit of congestion. And next thing I know, I'm spending Christmas alone. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I hate to hear that. Kids will be home Friday, so I'll be out of quarantine and everything by Friday. So we're going to do our Christmas on New Year's Eve. There you go. You know, speaking of that, um, sometimes artists, they will take a political stand. And I haven't really seen Eric do it, but I did read the interview with Rolling Stones that he did, you know, a couple years ago. And, of course, now he has uh, dogs that smell out uh, COVID. I mean, (laughs) what's your thoughts on... Eric being a little more political. I mean, I, I, in, in my opinion, I wish he wouldn't, but I love the music. You know? I, yeah, I mean, I just, when you get to a certain point in your career, no matter what artist you are, you're an influencer. I, I see. And you're always going to be that influencer. And if you believe in something so strong, do it, go with it. Uh, and that's how I see it is it rather be whatever it is. Because if we love your music, we followed who you are, we're not going to support you in every aspect. And that's one good thing that I love about the church choir, too. Maybe not all of us get along. Maybe we're not all from the same background or we're not all the same like or whatever. I don't know. 
but we all have one thing in common, and that's the music he writes. And right. at the end of the day, I feel like we can all still have our own opinions on different aspects of what he talks about. Maybe he wants to be vocal with his. And hey, if he's proud of it, be vocal, dude. Do what you're proud of. I mean, because honestly, if that's something you love and that's something you want to be now, don't do it because someone's making you do it. Do it because right. you want to do it. And I feel like that's him wanting to do it. Like the whole vaccine thing with him on the cover of the magazine, getting the shot, everything. I feel like that's he wanted to do it. Say, hey, I'm cool with doing this. I'm all right with it. And I feel like it's a good thing. And hey, and I honestly, I have not got mine yet. I was on my way to get one last week dude if that's what you're cool with if that's what you want to do go ahead and do it yeah. um i i know the one rolling song he put out a couple years ago got a lot of a lot of flack uh with like the guns and everything right. talking about and he focused a lot of it on route 91 and how easy it was just to buy a gun and get a gun and he said a statement in there and he said no person in at all should own that much ammo and that many guns and go under the radar like he said, it was something like that. And I agree with that. I agree with that part of it. Like, yeah, maybe if you are buying up a shit ton of ammo, you need to, we need to be watching like why, but you also should be background checks should be good. Cause if you're clean, then I don't know, dude, it's so crazy. And it's so weird at way how he sees it. I see things differently at times, but that's why we all agree on one thing is the music at the end of the day, I feel. And let him speak with his mind and say what he wants to say. Um, I'm not going to listen to every. If he comes out tomorrow, I'll be like, we're jumping off this bridge and we're going to fall the church off a fucking bridge. Right. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, it's just like, I'm not going to run out and get, get a needle in the arm just because church did it. I'm not. Right. Stuff like that. Hey, that's, that's cool, dude. I mean, if, if you like cats and I like dogs, cool. Uh, I'm still going to like it because we still love the same music. We still get along. We still have that one common thing. And we can we can see past thing differences, and that's just I, I when it comes political for me, I, I look at it. I look at when I vote I, for one. I look at who's going to affect my family the most in the next four years, right? And I don't right. I don't say I'm this side. I'm not going to say I'm that side. I'm going to look and say who's going to affect my family the most in the next four years, and I'm going to go that route. And I'm not going to let a musician or whoever else influence me that way. I'm going to look at it myself i wish a lot of people looked at it like that a lot of people think that if you don't agree with me then you know i ain't got time for you but everybody's got a belief everybody's got a view and an opinion it's gotten so bad lately i mean the last couple years with because i really think our political system became a joke i mean i I, like honestly when we have those debates it's better than saturday night live yeah oh yeah (laughs) and i live i live literally eight miles from kenosha wisconsin so if you guys want to know where i live um my kids play in downtown kenosha wisconsin Hmm. so that uh that last trial was was something that hit me very close because i have friends on both sides of the fence right on on the the house trial and i mean we're going political that's or we're talking politics for a minute Uh that's something that hit me because i didn't fully agree on a lot of things yeah. Um, because I have kids that play on that street and it's like, I don't want somebody running around with a gun, but also I see the good he was doing the night mm-hmm. and trying and seeing what he was doing. So yeah. it's kind of a damned if you do damned, if you don't, moment, Absolutely. I, I feel. And um, do I feel like he should have walked? Eh, should I, he should have got some kind of reckless, maybe a fine or something. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he should have got. He shouldn't have been in jail or anything like that, but something should have been done in a different way, I guess, in a little bit, but 
it's however you look at it on stuff like that. And that was a really yeah. that was a hot topic, man, for the longest time around. Oh, yeah. So sure it was. <laughs> I was boarded up and it was crazy because the day after everything happened, I took my kids down to Kenosha and I showed them all of it. I, like I have video of them walking around these burnt cars and everything. And um, I'm wearing a Bob Marley shirt. I got Bob Marley tattoo on my other arm too. And I'm just like, hey man, because you gotta understand it's you gotta understand what it's about in this world and everything else. And I was just talking to them and they were going up and talking to the people at the gate at the courthouse. It was wow, dude. <laughs> it was a wild time, but it was part of history and it was part yeah. of oh, absolutely. part of. And it was cool because right after that, uh Trump came, Trump came to Kenosha and he had the whole uh presidential can or whatever parade he has when he comes in it was right like honestly a mile from my house dude drove by so i was able to take my youngest kid and my dad and we got to go and we got to watch him drive by and i put the video on one of our local pages and dude it blew up and people were like oh da, 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 da. they're all pissed because it was trump isn't that i was like yeah. dude i don't care who was in that car if it was hillary trump it's I, a sitting president who it was i got right. to see a sitting presence presidential whatever that the motorcade yeah so the yeah. whole motorcade go by. I got a video of it. I got to see it with my dad and my youngest kid. It Some of your like, kids will remember forever. Moment, dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're all trying to make it political. I'm like, it's not political. <laughs> it's a freaking motorcade. It's a cool yeah. moment. Yeah. Right. It's a once-in-a-lifetime moment that's going to be driving a mile from your house. It was so funny, though, because, like, people on the Illinois side were all, like, uh, were they all cheering Trump on? People on the Wisconsin side were all, like, flicking them off. <laughs> I was like, dude, what's going on here? Yeah. That's like Joe Biden doing those you know, Christmas calls, and he called that one dude, and he was like, "Yeah, let's go, Brandon." Yeah, that was a disaster. I said that to my <laughs> wife. I'm like, "Dude, you guys see this? This is crazy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. And Eric actually played at the White House for mm-hmm. the uh, the holidays. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. And so I had yeah. somebody, a couple people DM me like, "Oh, what do you think about him at the White House?" I'm like, I, honestly, I think that. I've been following Eric long enough, and I don't think he cares who the president was. It could be no, yeah, it's just cool to play that office, and if you know, invited, he's gonna go. Like, I'm not gonna say no to going to the White House just because who's in there. Do I think who's sitting in the there is the best president? No, I don't. But if freaking Biden calls me tomorrow, I'm like, hey, come to the White House and check it out, dude. I'm coming up to the White House. I'm checking it out. I'm gonna go right. to like Willie did. I'm gonna smoke one or something, dude. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check it out. Like, yeah. Show me that roof access. Yeah, I don't care who's in the office. I don't know if it's Hillary. Come on, Hillary. Let's go check this out. Come on. Whatever. Rock, dude, you and I, let's go hang out, man. Like, it's like when it comes to politics, that's just how I am with it. It's just like, yeah. I think it's just a big joke anymore. And I think mm-hmm. everybody should be fired and everything should be started over. Yeah. It is. Um, I have to agree. The last I thing I'll agree. say about politics is I saw or heard somebody say, that if you look at the average age of everybody in office, it's like 60 or 70 years old. If you look at the average age of America, it's like 35. Mm-hmm. And that right there speaks volumes to me because yeah. I think it's definitely something that they need to lean towards more of a younger, mm-hmm. younger political spectrum. Yep. Absolutely. I agree with that. So, um, so back to the music, 2011-ish, um, Chief come out. What did you think of that album? <sighs> I think it was a game changer dude for everybody for fans um even the logos changed that year <laughs> if you noticed well that's when he went serious dude he had that that straight on look and he's like this is who i am I had the sunglasses going i mean that's where the sunglasses got introduced so everybody thought yeah and he was rocking and back in right the day, he cut yeah. his hair yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he got the hair and he just came out and he, he was making a statement dude he came out with 
arguably is probably his best album. I mean, well, his big, biggest selling commercial album. I mean, yes. not by fans, not his best album, but his biggest selling album to date, I, I think it is. I might be wrong, but Springsteen on there was a game changer, one of the biggest songs ever. Yeah. Um, but for you, from a fan's perspective, something I thought was pretty cool is he finally released a song he didn't write. On Which one album. was that? Like Jesus Does was the very first song that he ever released that he never wrote. Wow. Because it was a Casey Bethard song. Casey wrote it all by himself. Eric had nothing to do with it. Eric just heard it, liked it. It was like, hey, I'm going to cut that. Wow. <laughs> That's a phenomenal song. Yeah. You know, and and um, now I know we didn't mention it on Carolina, but a lot of boot left to fill. Yeah. What a phenomenal. And I, myself, I think that, that, that song. Yes. There's so many. It's, it is so hard. Like, I decided, okay, I'm going to write this thing out like the phone book. But then again, it's going to sound like I'm reading the phone book. So we kind of wanted it to be more relaxed, but a lot of boot left to fill. I think that that song was aimed towards Rascal Flats, right mm-hmm. or wrong? No, well, it's kind of cool because I'm going to do this thing called the church fall, but I have a video where, and this is where a lot of boot left to fill came from is what I heard is right after he got fired from the Rascal Flats tour, he had a song um, called Fired at the Garden. It was like, I got fired at the garden for playing too damn loud. It was a very short thing, but I'm going to try to blow it up at the beginning of the year before he plays Madison Square and try him to play it again. It was like a 10-second clip or whatever. And they said, I, one day I asked his old guitar player, I said, whatever happened to that song? He goes, oh, it turned into a lot of boot left to fill. And I was like, oh, okay, so that makes some sense then. And and if that is the case, that song was aimed at Rascal Flats. Wow. <laughs> it even says in the bargain bin. And it was funny. We'd always say Rascal Flats. I think it, I have a couple, uh, I have a clip or two somewhere on video where he says Rascal Flats in the bargain bin on live. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, what was that song? Oh, um, I don't have his kind of money, uh, his money, money, right? Money, yeah. Yeah, okay. Why didn't that end up like on an album? It was, was kind of like, like a, a single thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a well, he did the Caldwell County. Was it on Caldwell County? I'm trying to it look was. That. I yeah, believe he, so. That and Chevy that, Van. Yeah, he put that out and that was on there. He's always been really picky with his music, dude. Like, you know, there's some of some of his best songs you could if you dig on YouTube, you'll find songs like Michael and Yeah in Our Ground. And you're gonna find songs like that that are just man you're like you'll never hear him live again i mean he's done them once mm. or twice and that was it um but some of his best songs are like even this and album he just put out like the heart and soul the and album dude if you're not in his fan club you can't even get it like right now if i even want to listen to it i gotta play it through my web browser and stuff like that through his website so yeah. and like i know he doesn't play a lot of songs live or anything i'm like Cause you really can't get to it that much that easy he has it hidden away i mean so- your fan club so now, uh, w- what is the oldest song that he plays live from the last time that you've seen him? Oh, I mean, well, Lightning is for sure one of the oldest. Like, he just pulled that out the other night, like, a couple weeks ago. It's very rare, but when he plays that one, that's the song that got him his deal. So, like, oh. I think, like, one, um, I-, I don't know the full story, but it was kind of like a Johnny Cash moment. Like, if you got one song to play, you're in a gutter. What song are you going to pull out? He pulls out the song he wrote about the Green Mile. Like this three-hour movie. So that's what that come from. Yeah, dude. Like it was funny because my wife and I just watched that movie the other night again. And dude, it, it, so he sat down, and watched the Green Mile, the whole three hours, whatever about it. And the minute it was over, he freaking wrote 
wrote that song. And if you go back and listen to Lightning, you'll hear the roll on too. You'll hear those different yeah. uh, words that he's saying boss and you'll hear those lyrics and you'll be like, oh, those are words right from the movie, dude. It's right from the line of the movie and stuff. And it's really cool because like it, the movie, the song, so full circle moment, the song is about the Green Mile. The Green Mile was filmed um, in Tennessee, I think it was. And that was that, no, wait, that was Shawshank, no. Green Mile was filmed in Tennessee where they just tore down, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Tornado came through like a year ago. Yeah. So never mind. I was thinking of something else. Gotcha. <laughs> I got off the track on that one. So after that, he, he come out with uh, The Outsiders. Now that, I think he did like a 360 on the sound right there. Wouldn't you agree with The Outsiders album? Be a lot more heavier. Um, I don't know. He's always reinventing himself. Like yeah. Dark Side though, that's the one ones that hit me. Just I don't know, man. That whole album like it was just a lot heavier and a lot of more hits from that one. I'm like I'm going through. As we're talking about, I'm going through all the song list. Um, actually, probably one of my top five songs, man, was gonna die young, dude. That song just gets me every time, dude. Yeah, I had a, a great idea for that video. W- was there ever a video for that song? He did like an acoustic thing, wasn't it? Like this acoustic, just him and a guitar or something like that. That's what I was thinking. But you know, like the way that I seen it is it would have been phenomenal to take like a, you know, a veteran, which I have one, a grandfather who is a a veteran and like, you know, okay, here I am 80 years, all this shit has happened to me. And I really didn't think that I was going to live past that, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, no man you sing cover the song and cut a video Trevor cut you a video dude come back (laughs) yeah i I, I know it it would have been such a great great (laughs) idea i thought at one time but so after that he has mr misunderstood which i love the whole concept of videos and everything that he did for that entire album dude well the coolest thing about the album is no one knew about it no no (laughs) he just like released it overnight yeah well in he sent it out and it was cool because the, the story behind that is his uh, record companies, when they sent out the albums, like the stores or whatever, they put it as various artists Christmas album. So all these stores thought they got this Christmas album in and then it was like the night of the awards or whatever. They told him they could all open it up. It was an every church album. Like he bought a record pressing place in Germany just to freaking press his albums to send it to his fan club. So no one knew about it. Like we all woke up like and went outside and had this white vinyl sitting on our doorstep. We're like, what the what is this? Like, Mr. Mr. Anders, what, what is this? And like we opened up, there's a luckily a CD in there because a lot of people didn't have vinyl. Right. And they put it on there and everybody's like, is this a was new album? What is this? And all of a sudden, surprise, there's a new Eric Church record in our hands. We just were blindsided by this album, dude. And it was just Wow, this is an amazing yeah. album, dude. Like, three-year-old nailed me because it was right around the time I was ahead with three-year-old. Dude, it was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> or, no, it was right before, I think. I think right before we got pregnant. So, I had maybe a newborn. <laughs> it was. Awesome. I, didn't, I didn't realize that story. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Oh, my God, dude. He blind. Like, so, like, he was supposed to sing one song on our, the award show. And it was a Wednesday night. And Tuesday, the entire choir got the album. And then Wednesday, he blindsided by everybody by singing Mr. Misunderstood live. And then right when they broke the commercial, they said, album now available everywhere. Wow. Yeah, and like they dropped it on that award show. It's out of the blue. It's crazy that a star that big could keep it under wraps that long. You mm-hmm. know? 
Oh, dude, it's just it's crazy how he did it. I mean, it didn't didn't tell no one knew anything and came out with this amazing album. So then after that, we go to uh, Desperate Man, which great again. I mean, there's I, I just can't pick a song that I don't like. I well, mean, I'm, I'm Mr. Misunderstood, Kill a Word was never my favorite. Um, it was always that was a bathroom song. Uh, that's why I call that a bathroom song. Yeah, time right. to go to the bathroom. Yeah, time to go. Time to check out for a minute. Um, but then I interviewed the song with like the co-writer Luke Dick, and he was awesome. Really, really talented. Just crazy out there. Dude was like smoking a pipe the entire time. I swear it was weed. It was awesome, dude. <laughs> like not many people have smoked weed on Facebook Live before, and I think right. Dick is one of them. <laughs> so uh, it was just really cool, and we talked about the song. We broke it down, and I found a new love for the song. Like I just, I, I love the song once again, and I'm like, all right, okay, cool. Uh, Desperate Man, though, I'm looking at there. I, there's really not many. That's great. Higher Wire was always fun because no one really understood it. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw it live, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Uh, Solid was cool because I loved the intro. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Pink Floyd all over again. I'm like, dude, we're who's channeling their own Floyd on this song? And then they go into solid. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of disappointed. So if I had to pick one song, it would probably be solid. Yeah. yeah I think I was disappointed because I was really like, I was like vibing with this Pink Floyd feel. And then he was in the solid. I was like, dude, like you lost this badass intro. <laughs> like, That's he, the one that he did the truck commercial with, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what I thought. He went a little commercial with that song. <laughs> So now, Jordan, if you had, I mean, what was the first song that you said that you kind of fell in there with? Uh, well, like when I went to the concert, that was right after he released Mr. Misunderstood. That was, okay. The, it was in Louisville went yeah. with my wife and some of her friends. But, uh, but yeah, that's, so uh, <clears throat> record year was really big then. Yeah, holding yeah, hold my own tour that you went to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those, were, my, yeah. Yeah, those yeah. were fun ones. It was where he came from underneath the stage. Yeah. I don't know if he always does that, but he did in Louisville. <laughs> was it when he opened up with Country Music Jesus and had the choir and yeah. 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 yeah dude, those are those were fun. That was a fun tour. Yeah. I love how all of his tours are different. Like I, I didn't want, I want to get back out and see this tour that he's on now. I saw the opening before when he had the original stage, but now he has this new badass stage. I want to go see that. I have to be honest. She wanted me to listen to his you know album <clears throat> beforehand, mm-hmm. and I wasn't real impressed. Like I wasn't real thrilled about it. But when I got there, he's a great performer. Yeah, yeah, hell of a performer. And he's, I thought he sounded better live than he did. Yeah, on an album. Oh yeah, so I was pleasantly surprised when I got there. But so one thing I always talk about on on, on my show is Chris Christopherson. He's never won a male vocalist award ever. He's not the best singer, but when you go see him in concert, his delivery of that song, his delivery was just would blow you away, dude. Every single time. I mean, I saw Chris probably three times, Mm -hmm. three or four times. But like, I was just so impressed by the delivery of the song. I don't think Church is the best singer in the world. I mean, there's sometimes. Go and look at my TikTok, I think it was, or whatever, um, him covering Eminem in Detroit. Yeah, it was really bad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> really bad. So uh, it's just, he's not the best singer, but the delivery of the songs. And mm-hmm. one thing you always got to remember, if you listen to an Eric Church album, you got to listen to it front to back in order. Don't ever go, like, don't hit shuffle. And Amen. that's what, the worst thing is when somebody puts in one of his albums and hits shuffle, you just lost the entire album. 
you got to listen to it from first to end because he always told me he doesn't build singles hoping for albums. He builds albums hoping for a single off of it. So he lays out the groundwork for the album. Yeah. He knows the flow he wants and the songs are, are, are post to flow. And I always felt that was true until I hit the hard album. Hard album has a couple that he should have flopped. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I have a question. Have you listened to any of our episodes? I'm not offended Dude. if you're not, because you, you've got a big podcast. No, no, I, I, I have. I'm not going to lie. And actually, I just, just found you guys on Spotify as we were talking. But on my Apple, I went over there because I was trying, when we first started talking, I'm like, oh, do I, do I rate all these guys? And I download all their stuff. And it was actually, I want to say, what episode was it? It was your Morgan one. I'm almost pretty, your first one. I hate listening. Oh, yeah, one. that was a part of it. I'm that was a rough one. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, we did that from a cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to be listening to a lot more. So yeah. you got a couple new reviews tonight from me, too. Mm. Okay, well, cool. we appreciate uh, that. Thank you. I wanted to ask you, we've you know, done a few episodes. Well, I mean, we've done, what, you know, 14? This yeah. one, 14? Yeah, about 14 15? to 15. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we did a, a couple episodes on some up and coming people. Well, one of them has been around for a long time. Yeah, Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. Are you familiar with Sturgill? What, was, was, Sturgill was the one. I love Sturgill. He was the one that played outside the CMAs that one year, right? Yes. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. I love me some yeah. Sturgill, dude. And I, I love that it, he does stuff like that because I feel like uh, Church doesn't mind his own shit. He, he's going to become one of those, a Sturgill or whatever because he's going to. I don't know why country music outlaws, so to say, some acts and doesn't include them in there. Like, how does Sturgill fit more in like the Grammy nomination Americana music than he does in country music? And it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's like Tyler Childers. He's, yeah. Which we're from Kentucky. So obviously we're a little biased, but we're extremely proud of our native uh, sons, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Sturgill and Tyler. I was just curious of your opinion of the you know them since you're not you know from this area you probably you know I've heard of them but I, I don't know if you're exposed to them as much as say oh yeah we are. yeah I get I get them I do I love those guys um there's seemingly a lot of Texas groups coming in and out now um but dude uh, dude Kentucky has it man you guys all had some good ones we were talking Ken and Brian that's one of my favorite guys from Kentucky yeah <laughs> oh Kev used to play with him yeah have uh, you he heard of him Jordan. I've heard the name. But that's, yeah, he's actually it. from this county. He used to, uh, when he was 16 years old, he played lead guitar for us. And he was kind of into the John Mayer phase. And You should have him on the show, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I need to reach out and get him on. Yeah. Not, let me know. If you need if you need it in, let me know. I can hook you up with him again. Okay. I, yeah. I, he'd probably do it. I've had him on. He's a great guy. Um, you guys are talking about Tyler Chillers and everything, but uh, another one, check out. Um, he's from South Carolina. I had a look up. My buddy, Suvaka, hooked me up with him. Rustin Kelly. You never heard of that name? Check that guy out. Okay, he fits, we'll in, check that, out. He fits in that vibe of, like, Tyler Chillers, Sturgill Simpson, but uh, it's called Dirt Emo, some stuff he does. So it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah, Rustin Kelly, R-U-S-T-O-N. I feel like I've heard that name. Yeah, yeah it sounds familiar. Yeah, he, he's dude's pretty badass dude hmm. i'll check him out so then we have heart and soul <laughs> what was your favorite song on that one dude there's so much but dude i honestly if there's ever a song i don't know if i'd ever pick a song over sinners but if i ever did it would be hell of a view i mean it's just yeah. hell of a view is this 
it's like the ultimate song ever written and like the first time i ever heard the album so like i had withheld like listening like the minute he i'm not a fan of these one-offs like I'm, if you're gonna put out an album put out a damn album right instead of a little here and there yeah i don't want to get the album i've already heard 80 of these songs eight of these 12 or whatever you put on i already heard all these songs. so i did a thing where i think i heard the first uh, well was the first one that he teased us with put that in your country song or something i I had to listen to that one now i love that and then he did one on the award show and I, i think um I stopped just, I'm like, I can't do no more. I'm like, so I stopped watching award shows. I stopped listening to like when you would download one here and there, I wouldn't listen to any of them. People listen to Ray bands. I wouldn't listen to any of them. I refused. Yeah. And then the very first show back that he did back. Um, I think that's when I put the first album or no, what was it? Where were we going? My wife and I were going somewhere. I don't know if it was the first show. When did heart and soul come out? You remember? Uh, I don't have that April. wrote down. April came out. April. Yeah, April. Sorry, I had a thing. We were going somewhere and we put the album in in the car and it was the first time I got to hear all of it. And the minute Hell of a View hit, I was just hooked, dude. Yeah. Well, Heart on Fire to me sounds more like the the older version of Eric that I that I liked so much. You know, I mean he connected to so much. And then actually the first time that I seen him do that live was off of your feed from the show. And it went uh, when he done Heart on Fire. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, was I watching your live feed, and that was the moment that I had to go YouTube the song. Because I was like, I've got to hear this. Because it, it, right now, it sounds phenomenal. And I want to hear it, you know, from the album standpoint. <laughs> so, ever since Carolina, I, I had to find, I made a post on my Instagram. I had to look it up. Because uh, it was my first, April 16th was my first listen. And when we say it came out, it came out April 23rd. So we got a few days early again, like before. So I was going somewhere with the wife in April. I don't know where we were going. And, but ever since Carolina, my friend Carla, she's from Louisiana. And we started this tradition. And we'll, we'll say it was just brown soda, but it was a little bit of whiskey and Coke. Uh, we'd get in our car and we'd have two joints and we each have a whiskey or a Jack and Coke in the cup holder. And we'd hit a Louisiana highway. And when we got the day we got Carolina and we drove until the album was over. Then we turn around, and we drove back. We smoked a joint on the way there, turn around and smoked a joint on the way back. Right. Little Jack and Coke too, right there by our side. And that's how we took in the first music. And ever since then, that, that day, ever since that time, then I get a church album. I listen to the whole first thing in the car. I'll roll one, jump in the car. I'll drive until the album's over. So we were going somewhere, and I'm like, we got to drive until we listen to it all. So we had to listen to Heart and Soul all the way through, track by track by track. And we couldn't stop and get in the car. So we, we stopped to get gas filled up, and then boom, got on the highway and went. <laughs> so now he smokes marijuana uh, to write songs, right? Does he do it before he goes live at shows? Wait, or I don't do you know. know? What I've been hearing lately, I don't think he smokes anymore. I, a lot of these guys are going more of the edible routes uh, these days. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people use it for inspiration in Nashville. Like I, I, So many people now these days, and because it's becoming more and more it's more of a hot topic. I know Kentucky's probably going to be like Wisconsin, one of the last states to ever legalize it, but yeah. it's legalizing more and more people are singing about it. It's becoming more prominent. And I think, I mean, the way I feel, like I said, it pays my family's health insurance. I work at a dispensary every day. It's crazy. If you would have told me when I was 16 that weed was going to pay my family's health insurance, I would have been like, huh, you're lying. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's so crazy. But as long as it was treated like alcohol everywhere it is, dude, why not? Because yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. 
it's the same aspect as alcohol. I mean, if you get in a car and drive, I hate to say it, but if you get a guy drink driving drunk and a guy driving stoned as hell, who's more likely? Oh, the drunk. Yeah, the drunk. Absolutely. I've got a DUI. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to get no more. But in 2009, I got one. I, I know how it is. I mean, it, it, dude, you could smoke a joint and you could drink 10 beers or whatever. It's going to be every time. I mean, I think when you're smoking weed, when you're driving, of course, we're not advertising. But, yeah. Oh, but no. I'm saying that with smoking weed, like you are more um, alert. Yeah. Like paranoid. You're paying attention paranoid. more, <laughs> you know, paranoid. I mean, come on. Yeah, and Jordan huh. actually told me about this cool thing, and I know I'm gonna pronounce it wrong, Jordan. But it's like you know when we went to the where well we haven't yet, but like you go somewhere and they uh, help you take this mental journey. What's that called? Ayahuasca. Yes. Have you heard anything about that? What is it? Uh, it's called ayahuasca. Yeah. It's like a DMT trip. Um, oh, okay. ayahuasca is a, a type of tree. A tree. It's a type of like the psilocybin mushrooms they're talking like and everything. Yeah. Essentially, okay. it's yeah. along the same lines, but uh, it's on the Vice Channel. They have a show called Kentucky Ayahuasca, and okay. it's actually not. It's like thirty minutes away from you know, my house. Yeah. But uh, there's a shaman who's there. He has no teeth, so uh, <laughs> it's kind of I don't understand that, but. <laughs> But, but like we're not talking about west virginia no, I'm just, right uh, it's just as bad here yeah yeah hey, but I like got, like i got a west virginia tattoo so i could talk about that <laughs> there it is so like like if you're battling something mentally supposedly like addiction or childhood trauma supposedly if you go to this place correct me if i'm wrong jordan you kind of like uh fight that off correct yeah, it's essentially you are, I guess, embracing it in your mind and you are, you know, dealing with it, you know, psychologically and you're, if it's holding you back or if it's giving you, you know, some kind of, you know, stress or some kind of mental, uh, you know, block, I guess, right. it's allowing you to accept it, embrace it and actually you know, I push past it. I guess it's been holding you up. You know what I'm saying? I got some buddies that microdose on um, mushrooms yes. and stuff, and they talk about that. And I do, I support that all the way, dude, because honestly, anything that makes you feel better and that right. you in a better state of mind, I mean, rather if, if it is alcohol, hey, whatever, dude, we're only here a short time, man. <laughs> we right. only live so long and until anybody can prove it otherwise, I don't know if there's any coming back, man. I don't know how that works. I don't know Mm-mm. everything else. I spent a few years doing some paranormal stuff. You guys want to go down some rabbit holes? We, like, <laughs> I went, uh, we've done some Kentucky things. Like, I've been in y'all's neighborhood. It is uh, crazy up here. Um, dude, Louisville. Uh, I, yeah. slept, I slept. I fell asleep in the morgue on a tray at Waverly Hills. I was going to say you went to Waverly, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> Did you go to the place in uh, Newport, the, what's it called, uh, Beverly Hills Club? No, we haven't been to that one. And then there was another one. Um, God, they're gonna, Bobby Mackey's. I don't know where Bobby Mackey's is. I think that's yep. Kentucky, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been there a couple of times. We're getting back into it. So that's why when we were talking lightning and I was talking shot shake, I got sidetracked. But that's what. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to slowly plan where Shawshank Redemption was filmed, where Eric did the Some of It music video. Um, 
he did it at the same prison. It's a prison in Ohio, Mansfield Reformatory. I went there. I'm talking with them right now. Uh, I have a buddy that does an Eric Church tribute band called Chief. And I want to book, I want to do a night. It's probably going to be a Sunday. It'd be paranormal music, I want to call it. But where we do like a concert, do Chief live inside the prison. And then we do a ghost tour at night. And we can oh, do photo ops in the in the cell that Eric shot the music video for some of it. And you can do a cool. Photoshop in that, like a photo shoot in that cell and do yeah. like a big package, throw in some dinner and yeah, you know, that's cool. one night only event. Yeah, let us know. We'll, we'll come. Dude, yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. And I'm trying, it's going to have to be a Sunday because they're always booked on Friday, Saturday. So it's gonna be yeah. like, probably going to be a Sunday. But good thing about Sunday, I could do it a little bit early. And it's a. Uh, it's outside Columbus, Ohio. It's like 45 minutes north of Columbus, Ohio. So mm-hmm. it's not too, I mean, it's kind of centrally located to a lot of the choir. So I was like, you know what? It could be, could be a huge hit. It could be fun. And then uh, I was interviewing Tyler Braden. I don't know if you guys heard of him. He's an amazing songwriter coming up um, really young. His favorite movie is Shawshank Redemption. I'm like, dude, you should come play the show I'm thinking about doing. <laughs> right. I was like, dude, everybody would love to play a, a Johnny Cash set on prison. Man, yeah, that'd be badass. <laughs> Good so. deal. Well, that's all that I have on this part. Jordan, are you ready to, to do the hypotheticals? I am. Uh, I'll explain it to you, Aaron. Every episode, we take the artists that we are talking about, and we, I don't know if you've heard the old hypothetical where you have, you know, three people. You have to marry one, you have to have sex with one, and you have to kill one. <laughs> so we take, you know, the artists, you know, songs down, and we go, you have to have a song that you get in a fight to. Uh, you have to have a song that you would make love to. And you have to have a song that you would listen to on repeat until you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We'll start off with a fight song. Okay. Uh, my fight song. My fight song would be Drink in My Hand. Nothing get. Well, no, 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 no. Almost. Oop, calm down. Uh, <laughs> a lot of boot left to fill. That would be my fight song. So, like, are you, are you saying, like, I'm going to get in a fight, like, I'm going to punch somebody because the yep. song got me revved up? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, go. What is it? Stick that in your country song for sure, man. Every time I hear that song, it's just like, well, I don't want to punch someone every time I hear it. But it's just, <laughs> but right. like, that, that came out, that song came out at the perfect time, dude. Like, the <laughs> perfect time in the world for a song like that to come out. And especially that line about the teachers, man. Like when, like it's like, damn. Like you wanted to throw your fist down on, on some of that stuff in that song and be like, hmm. Like I love like in there they have the fist and everything else. Like so when I hear that song, like, I was gonna go outsiders. Like this whole episode kept tripped me off or tipped me off about this. And I was thinking about this whole episode. I'm like, oh, I'm going outsiders, I'm going outsiders. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I gotta do sick out of my country. I gotta <laughs> do that, dude. <laughs> there you go. What about you, Jordan? Well, to be honest with you, I couldn't really think of any songs. I just looked at the titles and I saw Like a Wrecking Ball. I know I've <laughs> okay. heard it, but I can't remember it. So that's what I'm going with. <laughs> All right. Now, there used to be a saying that uh, I went to a fight and an Eric Church concert broke out. So I, I, <laughs> right. I do have a buddy that, that got a free Eric Church shirt because he got into a fight. So <laughs> Speaking of Like a Wrecking Ball, the first time that I ever flew in a plane 2015 2015 yeah no so 2015 i was a nervous wreck my boss said that uh that he would let me drink a beer when he took me to the airport well we didn't we got there in enough time to get on the damn plane 
And so I didn't get to drink. Uh, I asked the, the stewardess, I said, can I have one? She's like, not until we're up in the air. So I pulled out my phone and I put my headphones on and like a wrecking ball is what I had blasting as the plane took off. So that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. But anyways, back to your your part, Jordan. I'll make love to you. What you make love song? <laughs> I love that. It's my uh man. God. Dude, you we were just talking wrecking ball too, but that's like everybody's go to, but I don't know, man. Yeah, you guys go first. Let me give me a second to think about this. Ryan, what's yours? Mine's gonna be wrecking ball. I mean, just you know, it, it talks about you know knocking her down and you know. So, not that I'm abusive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so that's so, mine. I just went off the song titles again, and I put it's over when it's over because if it's quick, you don't bother me. Why? <laughs> okay well in that case i'm getting stoned now <laughs> yeah there you go Dude, like two pink lines though man come on you yeah. gotta throw a wave back like that's yeah. like, like on yeah, carrie underwood lines. when we did carrie underwood's episode i put my make love song to uh, yeah jesus take the wheel <laughs> <laughs> yeah we are you taking the wheels because you need something yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs> I don't know, man. Sitting around waiting two pink lines. Just sitting around. You got some time. So why just sitting around? Just hey. There you go. <laughs> Back in the same situation again. <laughs> all right, Jordan. What's the next one? The song you listen to on repeat for all eternity. All right, who's going? Oh, Sinners for me by far, dude. Like that Sinners is always it's the song. It's the one that got me hooked. It's everything about it. Like I feel like that song was written for my family almost in a way. And I, I've loved how the songs evolved. Like if if you're a true Eric Church fan out there and you're listening to this episode, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, over the years, Eric has evolved the song. I mean, when it first started off, Jack D wasn't even in the song. It was Jim Beam. I saw I got the handwritten lyrics behind me. Like it's actually crossed off Jim Beam and Jack D written above it. He what number do you in, have? uh god I, you got you got the same set to do do there people are looking for them and they're not cheap it's like, under I, I i don't know where my wife put it but it, i'm under 100 i I'm think 11. i'm like 80 something well there was only 100 there was only 100 i'm 11 out of 100 so okay. on the centers and then carolina i'm 27 out of 150 i think those are only two he did but wow. like you could see where he crossed off the lyrics so like, yeah it started evolving then and then after his brother died which is mm brother died on my freaking birthday it was insane he wrote that song uh over when it's over correct well brandon wrote his brother part of sinners too oh brandon, really brandon church is credited on sinners like me as a songwriter too yeah um mm-hmm. he there's a few songs he, he co-wrote with eric um but his yeah, whenever his brother died he changed the lyrics uh again about when he goes on a headstone and he don't have much to say anymore now he's talking about his brother and now his grandfather and then when he was pregnant, like when they were first pregnant and they found out like when he did sinners, like I, when he goes, I bet he'll take a swing, goes, he'll be taking a swing sooner. Like he changed those lyrics too. And now he's like, I'll never have another sinner again. Like he's changing it again. Like it's yeah. pretty cool how that song at one song's evolved and how it just became differently. And it was like one of the hardest songs I know he had to sing after he lost his brother. And it's just been one of those songs. It's just been it'll stand the test of time i think for like and it was never a single dude well you know jeremy spillman is from this county as well the songwriter jeremy spillman got his books in right here man yes he is from barron county did you know that jordan 
No. Yeah, massive songwriter. My grandmother and his grandmother shared a room together at uh, the nursing home. Yeah. Phenomenal, you know. Yeah, I was gonna make a bad joke. I'm glad uh, you said that. Yeah. <laughs> you heard my driver yeah. episode. He sings a song about Eastern Kentucky. That Does he wrote, he? That he wrote wrote with Spillman. It's at the very end of my driver episode. I forgot the name of it, but it's a really cool, interesting song that him and Spillman wrote, and it's about Eastern Kentucky. I'll pull it back up. I have to see if I have it, and uh, if I have, I can try to. I'll see what file I have. I could cut that little piece yes. out, send it to you. Okay. Cool. So I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and then, what was the last one, Jordan? Uh, the one I'll repeat. Okay. Who you? I mean, you got I'll go. Yeah, I, I actually pick centers like me as well. Okay. So. Well, mine is those I've loved along the way, just because it's phenomenal in so many ways. So <laughs> that's mine. So when you all right, when you hear those I loved along the way, since you picked it, I got to ask this one: What memory comes to your mind right away? The minute you hear that song, what's the first memory that pops in your head? Oh man, probably my relationship with my grandfather. Yeah. Uh, the the first girl that I knew what love <laughs> truly was, you know, yeah. the ones where like when you go home after the movies and you know you got food there but you can't eat it because your stomach hurts. <laughs> You know, I talk about like songs like hit like my grandfather in there, and then like the day I met my wife, she was wearing a bandana, and he always talks about she had a ribbon in her hair, like she yeah. had a bandana in her hair. Like I always like I still remember like the very first time I ever met, laid eyes on her. Like it was just so chilling. Like some of these songs, I'm like, dude, is this guy like spying into my life? Right. Like, like whenever I needed an Eric Church song at the moment, it hit. It, like it just it was there. Like the next album was there, and. Like I tell people, like I've evolved with Eric. Like I feel like I've my life evolved into like what it is now. So absolutely, I think that's yeah. the most beautiful thing about music in itself. Yeah, is, man. I mean, it doesn't matter who the artist is; you can relate mm-hmm. to. I mean, almost any song. Some, I mean, everybody out there has their guy. Everybody has their yeah, Eric church. Yeah. Everybody has their everybody. one guy. And yeah. <clears throat> not everybody is a huge fan of the same person. It's because. Yeah. Yeah, not every music is made for everybody. Hey, you Brian, Brian, who Brian you has are. some diehard fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so crazy. I, I saw Luke open for Eric Church. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is. Wow. So, I guess we're at the point of the show where we uh, rate, correct, Jordan? Yep, that's right. All right, George. So let's let our guest go first. Okay. And I kind of have an idea what he's going to rate. But mm-hmm. from one to five of the greatest country singers of all time, where would you put Eric at on a five-star scale? Definitely a five. And I'll tell you why. Though. I mean, of course, everybody's like, give me five. But I'm going to give you an educated answer. Now, these days, like right now in country music, like I'm a fan of the liner notes. If you look at the liner notes, you're going to see the songwriting credits in there. And a lot of these artists that are singing these songs, you're going to see their name under the song writing as they wrote the songs too. In 2006, 2008, that wasn't happening. That You had a lot of these, uh, I don't want to say karaoke singers, but you had a, like Tim McGraw. Yeah. Like you look at a lot of their Jason Aldean's. If you look at a lot of their stuff, they don't write their music. They, no. they dig into a publishing company and they dig whatever the best they hear. Um. I feel ever since Eric's came onto this scene, he has paved the way and changed the game to where a singer songwriter could be confident enough to release their own music and be their own artist. And it falls on that whole Christopherson thing too, where you don't have to be the best singer 
to be an artist to, to, to deliver your music and i think it's because of eric church that has that backbone now and you see these guys you see the like there's one our guy josh kaiser look him up from cleveland tennessee this amazing dude writes a lot of his own stuff and you see a lot of these guys coming up now these days that are writing their own music they are the guys that are putting the music out and i love that dude yeah well i mean for me i would have to put him <clears throat> at five stars for the simple fact of singers like me whether he had never wrote another song or produced another album my life I wouldn't have been able to relate as well as I did with any other artist, even though I was a huge Kenny Chesney fan. Eric Church, to me, is is what kept the wheels going, what made me excited to turn on the radio, hoping that I would hear an Eric Church song. I mean, so for me, he's five stars. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I'm not going to give him five stars because he's still young. <laughs> He's got he's got time to you know, yeah do more. So he's young. He has a lot of booze left to fill. Yeah, 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 yeah he does. He does. Uh, I agree. He does, dude. Yeah. So I love the fact that he writes his own music. I love it. You don't see that anymore. You got your Luke Bryan's out here. Yeah, sounding yeah. like yeah you know, Gomer Powell and yeah you know, Kermit the Frog had a love child out there singing. I will tell and, you though, Luke is a hell of a writer too, man. He has, he is. dude. He he has some good stuff back in the day, but it's more repetitive like we were talking earlier the trucks and the beers and the tailgates and the yeah yeah uh but i love the fact that eric you know writes the majority of his own songs uh yeah vast majority uh i do like the fact that he is you know so good to his uh fans obviously you know you can attest to that <laughs> all right <laughs> and he, i appreciate that he remembers, a lot of times he remembers. They forget about him yeah, and he remembers where he came from. He remembers yeah. who was there when nobody else was, and he'll find people in the crowds, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah. If I just went and I hadn't ever seen him in concert, I would not give him the star rating that I'm about to give him because it just I just didn't have the opinion of him that I do now. But I mean, hearing the stories that you told me, and uh, yeah, I've actually learned a whole lot about Eric Church in this episode. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. So. I'm gonna give him a four point five. That's oh, what's up. Yeah, yeah, because I, you come into this a that. lot lower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tell everybody he's our generation's Bruce Springsteen. Look at Bruce Springsteen putting on these three, four hour long concerts. Look at he's he's political at times in his own way. I mean, he does a lot of things. And if you look at Eric, he's molding himself into Bruce Springsteen, but he's molding himself into. You don't, he can't fit. He's not going to fit in the country genre much longer. He's going to be, right. you're going to put him in like this Americana, these roots, this Grateful Dead jam bams that just going to tour and tour and tour because like he could play four hours of all original music and no oh, yeah. and go out there and do it. He's proven he can do it left and right. He could, has the catalog and he's going to hold a crowd all the way to the end every time. And it's just not many people can do that at all. It's that's what's crazy. It is. Well, we could never thank you enough, Aaron, for being yeah. our first. Sorry. You're our first 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah most of the time we're like arguing with each other, but this <laughs> one was like it, it was kind of like a praise episode, you know. I apologize like, for going down the rabbit hole. And oh everything. no, man, good, this is good. phenomenal. I so, appreciate it. I, I get but, off topic sometimes. I got ADD real bad, dude. <laughs> hey, we, so, we're all good. We, we very we we really appreciate you coming on yeah, here. We you. couldn't thank you enough. And thank you guys go check out his podcast, Gaining Fast on Memphis. How can they find you? Um, getting fast on memphis.com is the best way uh, on Instagram, anywhere, just getting fast on Memphis, uh, and straight from Eric church song, man, I just had to do it. And like, it's cool. I was telling Kev earlier, the reason that game, that song is, um, every time he sing it, you always call me out. If you listen to his live album. So the coolest thing right now, after you're done downloading this episode, go and listen to his live album, 61 days, listen to Memphis melody. And like halfway through at the end, he's like, these persons, 135th show, he's talking about me. He's like talking about wow. on Beale Street. He's like, there's a thing where he goes, I remember back in BB Kings, these people's 130th show, or he's pointing right at me during that like thing. And it got captured on an album. And I'm like, awesome. this is so freaking cool. That'll like, last forever. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like, and I know who he's talking about. Like, <laughs> I'll show you this real quick. This is the sign I was holding up the night he sang it. <laughs> wow awesome. someone in the crowd drew it hell of an idea 30 on it right there yeah <laughs> so i was holding that up and it was pretty cool though but it was that's where the name came from and it had to it was just something i got tattooed back here it was something that's always been a part of me and awesome. i don't live in memphis everybody thinks i live in memphis i'm like nah, he, he used to live by it but this is why so i gotta well, yeah. do something why they know gotcha. but Awesome. But yeah, just check out Gang Fast on Memphis. Thank you guys for having me. And dude, this is yeah. fun because, like I said, I've been quarantined for the last five days. And you excited to see me? I'm rambling. That's why <laughs> I am like bored to death, dude. I don't, I don't stay in the house this long. So, yeah. well, man, we send you well wishes from yeah. Kentucky. And once Appreciate again, that. man, uh, burn one to to yeah, an Eric yeah. Church song for us tonight. What song? What song do you want me to pick? these boots all right dude i'll blaze up these boots tonight <laughs> all right man have a good nice night. You. Uh, you too man y'all take, yep. take care have a good night hey, you too. the country music critic expressively is spontaneous and all out ability for the responsibility of being direct indirect instant special consequential for any other damages around you have to be so reference to reliance on for your ability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast all information is obtained by the world but with